Okay, this is Writing Excuses, episode 19, Plot Twist. 15 minutes long, because you're in a hurry. And Mike Stackpole is that smart. Oh, he well, is. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> okay. We're us, and we also have Michael Stack, Mike Stackpole here, um, author of bazillion science fiction novels, who's also a, um, a, a distinguished podcaster, so we're gra- glad to have him here at Conduit. Would you tell us about your podcast, Mike? Uh, the Secrets is a writing podcast. Yeah. Fortress Draconis is a podcast of a novel, and I'm the co-host of Dragon Page Cover to Cover, which covers science fiction and interviews authors like you guys. So. Yep, I've been on it a couple times. It's a great podcast. We'll link those in the liner notes. Okay, um, let's talk po- plot twists. Okay, a lot of people have sent us emails asking about this one. How do you come up with plot twists? How do you do it? How do you guys plot? Do you have them ahead of time? Do you come up with them as you're writing? Dan. Well, I find the best way to come up with character names is... <laughs> 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 Weren't expecting that one, were you? <laughs> um, Plot twists. <laughs> Calm it down, people. I, I find, for me, that, that when I write, it's, it's a weird mix of, uh, of re, reworked and, uh, and bleh, that, didn't, that wasn't the word I wanted, of plotted out, pre-scripted uh, stuff, and just on the fly. And I found um, plot twists are, are come, come pretty easily both ways. That is so not an answer. Okay, question. we'll have Howard give yeah. it a better one. I'm sorry, Dan. That's okay. It's okay. It's a good question. Happens the, to everybody. The plot twist is essentially an act of discovery. Mm-hmm. That's the point at which everybody or somebody has just made an important discovery that something that we thought isn't what we thought or something yeah. that we didn't think is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can approach that, writing that in two different ways. If you are a discovery writer, Brandon, as, you, as you've yeah. talked about, uh, you can just noodle along until all of a sudden you have an aha and realize, oh, that's what these people are up to. Ding! And you change the flavor of the story from there. If you're an outliner, then you start by outlining, well, here is my real conflict, and I want to have the characters discover this yeah. halfway through Act 2. And then the hard part is coming up with what they're going to do for the first you know, first act and a half, yeah. how do they noodle their way around to, uh, to making that discovery? Mike, you got any ideas on this? Uh, yeah, I think it ultimately comes down to uh, how do you make things more difficult for the characters? Mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, you'll have the plot twist put into the outline because you know that that's generally going to be how, you, how it's going to go. You've seen the story arc for yeah. the characters, so this is where it's going to get tight. But a lot of times I see twists as being almost tactical. Mm-hmm. where you're in a scene, you're writing to this point, and you go, oh, wouldn't this be cool, or wouldn't this be really nasty? And you go for it, and now that kinks up everything that follows from there. What is the worst thing that could happen? And then put that in the book. Yeah. How, do, how, how best can I torture this character so readers will scream? Yeah. Um, I found that with me, um, a good plot twist will make me want to write a book. I'm a planner. We've talked about this. And um, for me, I will often come up with an ending first. And an ending for me is... Holy cow, you weren't expecting that. But it makes sense. And I think that's the big trick. Well, who is it that said an ending or a plot twist should be both unexpected yet surpri- or surprising yet inevitable? Mm-hmm. Um, that, and I think Robert that McKean works. Made. That works perfect. Robert McKean? Yeah, Robert. Oh, that was in the first episode of uh, Firefly as well. Oh, yeah? Curse you for your surprising yet inevitable yeah. betrayal with the little toy dinosaurs. Oh, right, mm-hmm. yes. Oh, well, that's probably where he got it. It's a pretty that's famous writing That's certainly quote. where he got it. And those are the best ones. And I'm not sure I can explain how you come up with those. Like Mike was saying, 
I, I think it might just be a matter of practice. You, you didn't actually say it, but we're, we've been hitting around it. You know it when it hits you. Mm -hmm. um, how, do you how do you train yourself to know these things, though? I mean, you see them again. It's it's you have to make characters work for everything they're going to get. And I think mm -hmm. one of the important points here is this: is that really in any story you can talk about plot, but there are multiple plots in a story. Because as far as I'm concerned, uh, a plot there are plots for each character's arc, mm -hmm. and the overall plot of a story is really the story arc for the world. Is the character arc for the world? The world okay, is yeah. a character. Mm -hmm. Well, you're going to have large strategic plot twists that are the world plot twists and then there can be a lot of these other little surprises that go in through the characters and those twists are going to impact the overall plot and vice versa so you've got to make sure that you're constantly sort of sharing things back and yeah. forth in that development process but that way you can be looking for all sorts of things and sometimes the wouldn't this be cool if you should tell yourself no don't go there um, <laughs> you know because okay. it's going to be yeah. it's going to be it's just going to make things horrible um, but other times, especially if it tortures characters, oh, go for it. You have to. Have, have you ever over-twisted a plot where you've gotten done with it and said, I put too many in? Any of you? Dead silence? Maybe. Oh, I mean, I've tossed mm. plot twists yeah. in to end one book, and then I had to write the next book in the series going, what the heck are you going to do now? <laughs> That's pretty, yeah. I, I See, I think sometimes, this may just be me, I sometimes have an instinct to put too many in. Um, it actually, in, in my first book, Launchers, you can read the deleted scene, the, act, the, the original ending, which had like three extra plot twists that started to make it feel like Scooby-Doo. And this person is really this. And it's the pull the mask <laughs> off sort of things. And yes, I'd foreshadowed all these things, but they were so much on top of each other that every character was having a but major the, reveal. But that's a question yeah. of, of making sure that you don't dilute the impact yeah. of what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. You know, you want it to be strong, you want it to be quick, you want it to hurt a lot. So. So how do you do that? How do you how do you how do you make it hurt a lot and make it strong? How do you make that work? Any suggestions for readers? They're listening and saying, "I want to be able to write a plot twist like The Sixth Sense or like Ender's Game." How do you do that? See, again, those plot twists I think have got to be mm -hmm. character based. They've got okay. to come from the characters because otherwise they've got no impact. You've got no emotional uh, pay forward, um, mm -hmm. no invo emotional investment. So you've got to make it based out of those characters. I mean, in Sixth Sense, the impact was when he realized he was a ghost. Right. That was He's a, a character warning. Thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, if you haven't seen Sixth Sense, yeah, okay, sorry. There's yeah. a statute of limitations on yeah, this thing. There, there it's there been really out for like yes, 20 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, and The Village? Yeah. You, um, <laughs> wait, wait, I haven't seen both, that one yet. Okay, yeah. Well, with both, with both of those, and, and Shyamalan is kind of well known for the plot twist. With both mm -hmm. of those, the plot twist is setting-oriented. It's not a character motivation. Well, it is a little bit. But it's a and character so, realization. Right. It, it has character impact. Realization, yeah. And, yeah. and mm -hmm. there's huge impact on the characters. And so, yeah, he's chosen something that is going to have the largest impact on the characters, but it is a setting-based thing as opposed to perhaps a, you know, a betrayal or mm -hmm. a well, whatever. And, and his, his plot twists... Are, are very effective because they are so well foreshadowed. It's the surprising but inevitable thing. If something comes out of nowhere, then it's going to feel like it came out of nowhere. If it comes out of left field and you just haven't been paying attention to that field, yeah. even though the author has been carefully preparing it all, you go, oh, well, that makes sense. But there's, a, there's an interesting point here, and, and this sort of goes to, remember when we were all in grade school and teachers would teach you about foreshadowing, and you'd go through a story and you'd pick out all the little foreshadowing bits? Mm -hmm. Okay. Authors don't write that way. 
Yeah. We get to that ending and go, oh man, if I'm going to support that ending, then yeah. I better go put all these bits in. So, exactly. so you know, so so to answer, the, you know, to answer the question is, if you find one of these things, if it feels right, or if you're able to torture the character and it works out really, really well, then in the second draft, you're able to go back in and layer those things in to build it up. Foreshadowing. Look, I think we've got a whole podcast you know, to do. On. Yeah. I mean, here's the, I mean, here's the deal. I mean, yeah. it, it's very much being a writer is very much like being a magician. Okay. Mm -hmm. No one in the audience is going to see the 47 times you've practiced the trick. They only see it when it's perfect. And it, that's every draft we get, we get to perfect the trick. You know, the, the bad thing is if a book comes out and the trick is not perfect, yeah. you know, how did that happen? That right. should be the exception, mm -hmm. not the rule. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is a very important point. And sometimes it, readers don't want to hear about this, honestly. The, they never want to hear, oh, I got to the ending and I realized this really cool thing needs to happen. Um, it, it actually happened in, in, has happened in several of my books. And anytime I've mentioned it to someone, and I'm not going to mention it on the po podcast, because I think it actually kind of ruins the mystique of the, of the, of the book. Um, you know, it's, it's like you said, the magician. They, wanted, they know that you're doing smoke and shadows when, in mirrors when you're doing um, a, a magic trick. But in a book, they don't want to know the specifics. Um, but there are times when I've gotten to the ending and said, oh, I, I could do this. And then that becomes the major twist for the entire book. Um, readers don't want to hear about that. Um, but you've, it, it's what happens. Yeah, I, I'm going to stay off of my luxury rant on okay. this cast. I just did that. <laughs> um, what I have found, uh, since I don't have the option to go back and do multiple drafts, um, I have found that I, I never throw anything away. Anytime I have an idea that I think would be good for a plot twist, I keep it. Anytime I, I look at a character and think, oh, maybe he's thinking this. There's a sidebar over there that I'm keeping track of. Um, and then anytime I'm starting a new book, I'm throwing out events and having lots of characters do lots of things. I don't know what I'm foreshadowing yet, but I'm going to use some of it. I won't use all of it, and it's kind of sloppy and scattershot, but it's a comic strip, and I, people, I don't think they notice. Um, I get a lot of emails saying, wow, you're a genius. How did you think of that two years ago? I didn't. I figured out how to use it two years later. Oh, look, there's yeah. a great thing with serendipity. You know, you have a character give another character something in one book, and two books later, you figure out how to use that, and 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 it works out that you're using it in a totally appropriate. Right. You know, uh, I mean, it was perfect, and it does look like you're a genius because you thought of it, and it's like, no, I was just bloody lucky. <laughs> but so, yeah, I think the answer to the person's question. Um, hey. Um, I think the answer to the question that people ask is, how do you do plot twists? I think the real question should be, how do you foreshadow? Well, I also think the other thing you can do is, is this. If you go through books of authors who have done plot twists yeah. and you analyze them critically, yeah. if you go through, take notes, read them, take notes, and look at how they do it, you will learn some of the little formulas. Mm -hmm. And then once you've mastered those, you'll find once you can see in that sort of color range, yeah. all of a sudden it's a lot easier to find this stuff. I think it comes, there are two things. One is the smoke and mirrors, distracting while you're doing the foreshadowing, putting in false um, red mm -hmm. herrings. Those are very important. But another, um, an, that's, uh, that's all, that's half, that's all the foreshadowing I didn't use. Yeah. Is, <laughs> ends up being my smoke and mirrors. But yeah. you could use it later, so it's <laughs> exactly, okay. Yeah, I could, I can get away with it. Yeah, um, I, I think that's a very big part of this. Um, but the other big part of this I have now forgotten because I, I can't remember. <laughs> so, well, um, I'm, I'm going to move along with the smoke and mirrors then, the, okay. the concept of misdirection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, magic is a great metaphor for this because when you are doing a magic trick in front of an audience, you need to make sure to guide their attention towards one thing even while you're doing another thing right in front of them. 
Yeah. And the way you do that in writing is you make sure you have very three-dimensional books, that there's a lot going on. If you only have one thing, then of course that's the important thing. Right. Um, if you only have one non-main character, well then of course he's going to turn out to be the killer at the end, because he's the only other character in the book. Yeah. And so you need to make sure there's lots of stuff going on so you can provide that uh, misdirection. Okay. Um, so any other tips on foreshadowing? How do you do it? What do you do? Um, I've, I've heard the rule. I guess I should just answer my own question. I've heard the rule that you should mention something three times before you use it. Um, that's another one of Dave's rules, um, Dave Farland's um, rules. And it's actually served me well, but I think it's more than that. I think when you put in the, these mentions, they have to be mentioned in a different context. Um, the context has to be different. Chekhov's law, which was brought up in the, the comments of one of the previous podcasts, uh, Chekhov's law states if, you, if there's going to be a, a gun drawn in the third act, you have to show the gun in act one. Right. Um, the way I look at it is that anything that you needed to use during the third act, any, any plot twist that you needed to spring, has a story of its own, and the introduction to that story needs to be told someplace in Act 1 or early in Act 2. And sometimes it's, you know, this character has a big nose and would like cosmetic surgery, uh, which is <laughs> something yes. I'm currently working on. It, maybe it's, uh, you know, we, we have a character who has just been promoted and doesn't feel qualified yeah. for the promotion. Where are those going to lead? They can lead in any number of directions. Treat it as the beginning of a story. Yeah. And then when you have your plot twist, start writing the rest of that story. I think it also comes down to, um, and this is the other thing I was thinking of that I actually remembered, um, plot twists, is, as using plot twists correctly are about outthinking your readers. Um, you have to know what they're anticipating. I, I've said before, books are about promises and fulfilling those promises. You have to know what your readers are expecting to be fulfilled, and a plot twist is when you don't fulfill it the way they expect. Um, it's when but you break you the expectations, but you're, but, not breaking the promise. but you're not breaking the promise. You you fulfill it, and they say, "Oh, the head smack." And I think in that case, you just have to learn the storytelling format to the point that you know what the readers are expecting. To do that, I usually toss out the first couple of ideas I come up with um, for a plot twist. I say, "Okay, what's the thing that everyone's going to expect to happen? Let's toss that." What's the next thing they would assume? Let's toss that. Let's dig a little bit deeper. Go take the extra step a little bit further. I mean, I agree with you. You can't settle for you can't settle for the same old, same old. Yeah. If you've seen it before in a movie or you've read right. it before in a book, it's not good enough. You have to find a different way to do things and and to totally blow the blow the reader away. But you also then have to lead them down that garden path. They have to know that. See, your analogy, I, I liken it to. Um, Writers and readers are engaged in a big game of name that tune. Mm -hmm. Your job as a reader on page 57 is to say, I know how this book ends. My job as a writer is to get you to the very last page and for you to say, oops, I was wrong. This all makes sense, but I was wrong. Right. It's that, way cooler than what I came up with. Well, 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 is what, no, that's what you want the reader to think. That's what you want the reader to think. Yeah. But I mean, the important thing is this, is that if you as a writer succeed, if you win the game of name that tune, they'll buy another book of yours. Mm -hmm. If they win, yeah. Uh, no, they're never going to read you again. Mm -hmm. They don't need to. They've already yeah. beaten you. Go back to uh, Shyamalan and the village. I predicted the twist to that one from the trailers. The commercial, exactly. Yeah. And I haven't watched another of his movies since. Yeah. Whereas his his early ones that did get me with their twists, I was I loved them and I kept watching until I was disappointed. 
All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up at that. Um, this has been Writing Excuses. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Mike, for joining us. My pleasure. Mm-hmm. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like... Do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. 